Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons Podcast. I'm his son, Matthew, and we have been splitting up the sermons every other week at our house church that my wife and I host on our farm. If you're interested in joining us, check out wrightfarmhousechurch.com. Enjoy today's lesson. If you ever followed baseball around my age, um, and apparently Kai knows him too, but you would have definitely heard of a guy named Cal Ripken Jr., Right, Cal Ripken Jr., he is a Hall of Fame baseball player. who He played shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles for 21 years. To put that into perspective, our, our favorite guy, Joey Votto, he just finished his 18th year, and we're like, man, he's old, right? 17th year? Okay, so Cal Ripken Jr., his father played too, but Jr., he played 21 years. And the thing that he is probably best known for his is his streak of consecutive games that he played. So Cal, Cal Ripken, he went year after year after year in which he started and played every single game of, of the whole season. Um, he never missed because of an injury. He never missed because he needed a day off, as we see a lot of the players these days. He never missed uh, for any reason whatsoever. Um, his record which still stands to this day, is that he played in 2,632 games in a row. For this reason, and among many others, he, he, is, he is one of the most famous Hall of Fame baseball players. But if you look back here at his rookie baseball card, you'll find that on that card there are two other people. Their names are Jeff Schneider and Bob Bonner. Now, even if you're a rabid baseball fan, like we love baseball, right? If you're a rabid baseball fan, I would guess, like like me, that you have no idea who Jeff Schneider and Bob Bonner are. This baseball card features three rookies who were supposed to be, they were supposed to be the exciting rookies of that year, who were supposed to do things that everybody was supposed to watch. So they were all in the same card. At certain points in the last couple decades, this card here has sold for $1,200. So how in the world did Jeff Schneider and Bob Bonner get on a card that's worth that much money? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not because of anything they did. <laughs> I looked at their stats. Their, their careers, they pretty much amounted to nothing. And The only way, I'll tell you this, the only way that they'll get into the Hall of Fame is if they buy it and pay for a ticket like we would to get into the Hall of Fame. Okay, they are on this baseball card that's worth twelve hundred dollars because they are attached to Cal Ripken Jr. So today we're going to talk about receiving grace through the life of a person who has a name. The person we're going to talk about, like we said, is Mephibosheth in Second Samuel chapter nine. So we're going to take one step back here and dive in and dive into what we can learn about his life, something that we can learn from his life. And one of the reasons that the Old Testament, I think, is so awesome is that it teaches us theological concepts through stories like this that are powerful and beautiful, and they, and they draw us in. Second Samuel chapter 9 is one of those stories. It's a story that makes grace come alive. And it's all done with this guy, Mephibosheth. After Saul's death and the end of Saul's kingship, David is the new king and 
As expected, he consolidates his power like we've talked about. Excuse me. <laughs> Coffee's coming up. Consolidates his power. Burp, burp. <clears throat> Uh, in the and, and, and speaking of kings who consolidate power, in the ancient East, uh, a, a new king consolidating his power, would, he would often this, this would often be an enormously bloody process. We've already read about a few, right? The old king is out and the new king is brought in. And, and often the new king gets rid of the whole family of the old king. So it, it, they get rid of them all so that they can never become a threat to the new king. And in knowing this, the first verse of chapter 9 comes as a surprise, really. You would expect David to ask if there's anyone left in Saul's house that he needs to deal with, that he needs to get rid of, okay? But instead, David asks if, asks if there's anyone left in the house of Saul that he can show kindness to for Jonathan's sake. The English word, our English word for kindness doesn't quite do justice to this story. It, it might be better to think of it as loving kindness or loyalty or grace uh, for this story and, and in the language, the original language. It means more than just being kind, kind of nice, right? It means more than being kind and nice to someone. And, and it's important to note that in the first verse we learned that David wants to show kindness to someone in the house of Saul for the sake of Jonathan. Jonathan was the son of, as we know, he was the son of King Saul, and he was David's best friend. It's always awkward, I think, when your dad, the king, is trying to kill your best friend. <laughs> but that's the weird world that Jonathan lived in. And, and all the way back in, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, is there anyone that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And this is where Mephibosheth enters the story. Mephibosheth is one of Jonathan's sons, and we learned that he can't walk. Earlier in 2 Samuel chapter 4, we read that when Jonathan and Saul, when they died, the nanny who took care of Mephibosheth accidentally dropped him while she was trying to bring him to safety. Um. And that fall led to this disability that left him unable to walk. So we start to get a picture here that David is showing unexpected kindness to someone who can't give anything back to David. If you're Mephibosheth and you're a part of the family of the old king of, of Saul, that's gone, Saul is gone and the new king summons you to come into the court to see him, uh, you're thinking this is probably really bad news for me. This is not going to go well for me. But David quickly puts Mephibosheth's fears to rest by telling him to not be afraid because David has brought him here not to harm him, but to bless him. The first thing that David does is that he gives all of Saul's land to Mephibosheth. Then David tells him he will always eat at the king's table. In other words, he is going to treat Mephibosheth as if he's one of his own sons, as if he's been adopted into the king's family. And Mephibosheth is dumbfounded. He asked David this one question, which I apparently can't get the slides right. He asked this one question to David. He says, what is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog as I? 
And we are we already know that the that the answer to the question, what is what is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? David is showing kindness to Mephibosheth because of the promise that he made um, to his friend Jonathan. Can can you start to see? Let me ask you this: Can you start to see the shadow of the picture of God's undeserved kindness in this story of His grace, of His loyalty, of His love? This is a story that highlights the grace that we receive from God. We receive grace because we are accepted in Jesus. We are like Bob Bonner and Jeff Schneider and Mephibosheth. David was kind to Mephibosheth because he was connected to Jonathan. God is kind to us because we are connected to Jesus. This story of Mephibosheth is a beautiful picture of the gospel, a beautiful shadow of of what's to come. So first here, first we see that God seeks us out in the story. Just like David sought out Mephibosheth to bless him, so God seeks us out in in our story. We we would have never found God on our own. Uh, The Bible is clear that we only love God because he first loved us right? Secondly, God saves uh, saves us because he loves us, not because he needs us. King David did not need Mephibosheth. This story makes that clear. Mephibosheth is a man who can't walk. He's not going to be of any use to King David. He has no political power. He has no economic power. He is poor. The only reason he has anything is because David has been kind and blessed him with land from his family. Mephibosheth can offer nothing to David. God blesses us not because we are good, but because he is kind and he is good and he is generous. Thirdly, when we believe the good news of of God's grace and clothe ourselves like we're about to see our nephew do in, in, in baptism, we Christians are adopted into God's family. Mephibosheth was forever seated at the king's table, forever. God loves us like he loves his own son. Fourth, God has blessed us in Jesus. Mephibosheth became, he became rich, not because of anything that he'd done, but because of David's kindness. Um, there's a story, it makes me think of a story of an old English preacher who was given a hundred pounds, um, pounds, by the way, are money in England, Maryland. He was given a hundred dollars, uh, as we would say here. But he was given it 100 pounds by a rich man. And the money wasn't for the preacher he was giving it to. For, he was giving it to the preacher to pass down to a poor minister in a neighboring countryside. The English preacher that was given the money decided that giving it all, all away at once was too much. So every month he would give the poor minister five pounds with a note attached to the money that said, more to follow next month. Five pounds more to follow next month. And the poor minister, he became so encouraged by these monthly gifts of money because he had something to look forward to. And that this, this much needed funding that he, he needed so badly was going to keep coming. And that's a picture of God's grace to us. There's always more to follow. But unlike in the story, God never runs out of grace right? In the story of this minister with the hundred pounds, the hundred pounds was eventually going to run out, but God's grace is inexhaustible. 
It never runs out. There is always more to follow. Amen. Number five, all of this is because of Jesus. David did not bless Mephibosheth because he was a good guy or because he could do anything for David. He only blessed he only blessed him because he made a promise to Jonathan. All of the all the grace and mercy that comes to us in our life is not because we are good people who have our act together, right? And who work hard and who make good choices. No, it's not. It's only because God sees us as being in his son Jesus and he sees Jesus when he sees us because we are clothed in him. All God's favor toward us comes to us because God's love because God loves his son and his and has promised to forgive and restore and bless all those who believe in him. The gospel is the good news that in Jesus we've been forgiven. In Jesus, we are adopted into God's family. In Jesus, we are loved. In Jesus, we are blessed. God shows that his grace, he shows his grace to us, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. And the best thing about God's grace is, is, is that it is endless, it is eternal, it never runs out, and it is inexhaustible. Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. God bless you and have a wonderful week.